Okay, so we're in the middle of the sugya, how Torah da'alas, we spoke last week about Tfisa, Shema Ka'eved, the incident with Rava. This week we're going to continue the Gemara. The Gemara, we spoke out, we're going to have to return to this, says that when it comes to Nizke Shor Bashor and Nizke Shor Ba'adam, there, there's a concept of Shlich Osayu Ka'avdinan, we need to have your relevance. Shlich Osayu Ka'avdinan. There, the Gemara claims that there's also this concept of Shlich Osayu Ka'avdinan, even when it comes to Nizke Adam Ba'adam. And there's a concept here of some sort of Shlich happening between the Bastin, which is adjudicating the court, the court case at hand, to some other entity, a different body, a different party, and today we're going to have to focus on what is that other body, what's that other party that we're acting as a shlichus on the behalf. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to come ahead and try to determine four different approaches to explain what's this concept of shlichus on So the first source that I'm going to bring you is a tesis in Makas, not tesis, I'm sorry, in Masechus Gittin. Tesis in Gittin says... He asked a question. How could it? If you want to say, how could it be that we're act, acting on behalf of a different Israel? Even if you want to say we're acting on behalf of a Bastin which has smuchin of lumchin, which are able to adjudicate monetary cases, even knosos. Nowadays, we don't have those lumchin in Eretz Israel. And therefore, who's going to give us the ability, the authority, to adjudicate such cases? Says Tesis that maybe we're acting as Shluchim on behalf of previous Batidinim. Meaning the Batidinim that used to exist in Eretz Yisrael, that they had, that they had Mumchim, they had Dayonim, who received Smicha, maybe we're acting on their behalf. Now the question is, a basic question, how could we be acting on behalf of a Bastin, which doesn't exist. Number one, they didn't appoint us as Shluchim. And number two, even if they did appoint us as Shluchim, so they're dead right now. Right? And therefore, you can't do Shlichus on behalf of someone who is not alive. So how, what's the what's the understanding of this Shlichus to Kadmai? So here, there's a, a Levush. A Levush and Chish Mishpat says an interesting explanation. The way he wants to explain it is as follows. He says, he brings an example that we, I think we spoke about this together. If not, I spoke about it for sure in my share. I think we spoke about it here also. That there's a case in Marcus. The case in Marcus is, let's say, for example, Bastin has to give an assessment of how many lashes a person can take when he transgresses a lav and is found guilty. And they give up to 40 lashes. Now, let's say Bastin makes him a, says that the person should get 18 lashes. 18. And now, the Dayan, when he goes and tells the person who's going to give the blows, he tells him, you know what, based in Paskin, that you give 21 lashes. He made a mistake. And now, the Shliach of Bastin gives him 21 lashes and kills the guy. He gave him too many and he ended up dying due to the mistake of the judge who told him the wrong number. So how come there we don't say, Shlucho Shalanam Kamaisei, Right, the messenger of a person is tantamount to the person himself, and therefore the judge who made the mistake and told him the wrong amount of lashes he should receive 
Why isn't he Chayib Golas? He should be sent to exile because he's liable for killing someone accidentally. To that, Levush says there's two different halachos. There's one, there's a din of shlichus, acting on someone's behalf, an emissary. And then there's the other is just something, what he calls a shoter, a policeman, someone who's carrying it out. You said something, and now I'm carrying out your word. I'm not tantamount to you, I'm not an extension of you. But I'm a second party who is making sure that that which you said already is coming into fruition. So based off of this mushal, this illusion, comes along with Levush and claims that's what Tosus means when we're shlichus to of dinan. Really, the previous Batidinim never appointed us to be shluchim. For sure not. And even if they did, it wouldn't help, like we discussed already. Rather, what do they do? Says the Levush, they went ahead already and adjudicated all the different cases. So whatever case they adjudicated, we now can go ahead and mimic and replicate those psakim, that those conclusions that they already came to, and hold them to account. So here, we can say, when it comes to Nizke Adam Adam, we can act on the behalf of a previous Beistin, because we're not going ahead and establishing the Halacha. To establish the Halacha, you need a Beistin of Smuchin. We're not. But what are we? We're the Shaitrim, we're the enforcers of the Halachas, which are already adjudicated by Smuchin. And that would be an explanation, one approach to what to mean, we're acting as the as the, the enforcers of halacha, which is already established through a based in of smuchin. That being said, the continuation of the Gemara was also very understandable. The Gemara continues, and the Gemara later on says that when do we act as the shluchim? That's only when it's something which is shchiyah, something common, and there's a chesron tis, there's a loss of money. So then we could also understand, according to this basis, that when do we have the right to act on their behalf, First of all, there has to be chesaron kiss. There has to be a pressing need to do so. Someone had to lost money here, and we're looking for compensation. That's number one. But number two, it has to be shchiyach. Why does it have to be shchiyach? It has to be common? Why does it have to be common? The answer is because if it's something uncommon, maybe we're not going ahead and using a pre-established halacha. We're actually creating a new doctrine. This is the first time it's being adjudicated on. That we don't have the right to do, but something which is common, something we know that the previous Bate Dinin in Eretz Yisrael, who had smuchen, already gave the psak on, there we can rely on the fact that she was the Kamaya Dina while acting on behalf of the initial, the first, Badinim. That would be approach number one to explaining what's this concept of Shlicha Sayu Kaabdina. The next approach that I want to discuss is that of the Ran and the Chsam Sefer. The Ran and the Chsam Sefer understand that the concept of Shlicha Sayu Kaabdina is an a concept of kavod, of respect for previous batininim. Meaning to say as such, that really, when it comes to adjudicating a certain case, so once you're in a basin, they're able to they're able to paskin on in regards to whatever comes up. Just there's a qualification that when there's a better basin, a more qualified basin, a basin of smuchin, so then it's improper for a basin that's not smuchin to go ahead and give their halachic stands on the question at hand. So there, the Chassam Sefer, the way the Chassam Sefer says it, is that, means it's a Nikitas Roshos Ba'alma. It's being granted permission. We don't mean here, when it says, that we're actually acting on behalf of previous Bata'idinim, but rather, inasmuch as nowadays, we don't have, we don't have 
Batidinin, who can actually adjudicate the cases. We don't have smuchin. So therefore, it's like an assumed permission granted to Batidinim nowadays to, to give their halachic stance on the matter. They're able to paskin, even though normally they're limited in their authority, due to the fact that we don't have a greater authority nowadays. The Rans has a similar explanation that the reason that the Dayonim, that aren't smuchan, aren't able to go ahead and adjudicate cases is because it's a pegiyah in the covet of the Dayanim as smuchim. It's not, it's not honorable. And therefore, Shlechasayel Kavdinan means that the Dayanim as smuchim kilu forgave up on the covet. This is a rabbinic limitation. That rabbinic limitation doesn't apply under circumstances where the higher quality, the, the basin of smuchim, that basin doesn't exist. That would be our second approach. That being said, we could also understand the continuation of the Gemara. The Gemara that says that we only allow this under two conditions, when there's a loss of money and when it's shchiach, that's due to the fact that, number one, the loss of money is the establishment of the need for Beistin to give a psak in this regard. And number two, the fact that it's shchiach means that something which is commonplace, that's where they forgave the covenant. They allowed them to go ahead and adjudicate it. But something which is complex, something which is rare, there they didn't forego the covenant. And therefore, the rabbinic limitation is still intact to limit the authority of a basin which is not smuchin. So that would be our second approach. Our third approach is that of the Ran. The Ran, I'm saying, I'm sorry, the, our third approach is the approach of the Ramban. The Ramban brings three different cases that he wants to discuss, and that all three of those cases have the word mishpat. Mishpat means judgment. From there we derive that you need three people for each one of these cases, and he's going to explain that how nowadays, if we don't have smuchan, and therefore we don't have mishpat, a basin of three, how could it be that we go ahead and give halachic rulings in these regards? So the first case is monetary issues. So this follow those. So how could it be that basin can go ahead and, and paskin shailas in money? So there the Ran says, we have something called hefker basin hefker. What's Hefka based in Hefka? That based in has jurisdiction over all monetary assets. And that, since they have jurisdiction over it, they can go ahead and actually change ownership of property. So, says the Ramban, how could it be that we have a based in that's built up, not a smuchin? The answer is, where, through the element, through the implementation of a concept called Hefka based in Hefka, they're actually able to change ownership of property based off of what the based in not of smuchin thinks is the correct halacha, and we allow them to do so. We allow them to do so. Why do we allow them to do so? Because we have a need for batidinim. We have a need for a monetary economic system to be working. And for that to be true, there has to be responsibility for any kind of monetary dealings. That we need a based in. So Chazal allowed these based batidinim, even though the Torah doesn't give credence to them, Chazal gave them credence through the principle of Hefka based in Hefka. That being said, again, the continuation of the Gemara, these two conditions makes a lot of sense. That number one, in order for based in, for Chazal to give based in the ability to use this concept called Hefka based in Hefka, there has to be a Chizar and Kis. There has to be monetary loss that we're trying to reconcile. That's number one. And number two is it has to be Shkiach. It has to be something common. If it's something which is rare, then maybe we're actually afraid that since they're not Smuchim, then they're going to make a mistake in the judgment. So there, Chazal didn't give the Batei Dinim that aren't Smuchin 
the ability to implement the concept of Hefka based in Hefka in order to give a psak in regards to Mamanis that are not Shechiach. That would be issue number one. Issue number two that the Ramban is bothered from is that for getting Kedushin, you need a basin of three. It says Mishpat. So how could it be? There, he says, there's a concept called Afkinu Rabbana Kedushiminei. This concept is a concept, a uh, complex concept. It comes up a few different places in Shas, Ksubis, Bava Basra, two places in Yavamos, and Gittin. It comes up a few different places beyond our scope. But for our basic needs, it pretty much means that Bastin has authority over the legitimacy of marriages. And they have the right to say that a marriage is valid. And they also have the ability to dissolve a marriage if certain circumstances come into existence. So there, that's how the Ramban is going to explain how nowadays we can have a Bastin which, uh, which gives halachic rulings in regards to marriages and Gerishin. That's number two. Number three is a case of Geris. Conversions. Conversions needs a basin of three. Mishpat Ksiv Behem. So, yes, the Ramban are very good. Hefka Basin Hefka works for money. I, for marriages, you have a concept of Kinnar Manan But how do you make a Ger, a convert, legitimate on a Torah level if the Torah doesn't view the Dayanim who are sitting in the Basin to be legitimate? And the Dayanim are a necessary aspect of every conversion. So how could you do it? Answers the Ramban that it must be that Midaraisa, you don't need a Basin. It must be Midaraisa, you don't need a Basin. I says Mishpat in the Torah, says the Ramban, it's Nasmachta. So the Ramban, due to the severity of this question, is willing to make a tremendous Chiddush in regards to the Halachas of Geras, that Basin, the need of Basin for Geras is only rabbinic in nature. That's our third approach to, to understanding what's this concept of Shikha Sayyidina. Now, the fourth approach I want to bring to you is the Sivas Mishpat. The Sivas Mishpat, in a certain way, is a breath of fresh air. The Sivas Mishpat says as follows There's a concept called Shaloi Tino Delis You can't close a door in front of loners. Meaning to say, the Gemara Sanhedrin speaks out that Avada and Avada, we Chazal are very, very clear that we need a working economic system. That's a part of every functioning society. That being said, the, the concept of Shalotenel Delis Bifnilevin allows us to make certain leniencies within how we adjudicate Dinim and Dinim Mamanos. Now, claims in the Siva Samishpat, what happens if there's a necessity? For, for certain changes in order to have a functioning society, yet it seems as if the Torah created certain limitations that don't allow for those leniencies. Claims the Nasivas that the concept of Shalotino Delis, that we accept certain types of Aden that we normally wouldn't have had, etc., that's a Dindaraisa, and just that Chazal have the ability to determine when the Torah would view this as a necessity or not. So it's, it's almost as if Chazal can look at the circumstance, determine if this is a circumstance which necessitates us based in to get involved in, and if it's yes, a circumstance that based in has to get involved in, so then Chazal determined that the Torah gave this Mishpat credence. If the Torah 
determined that this basin has credence because Chazal at the time said that this is a necessary step to take, then that would go ahead and give authority to any basin under different circumstances. So the questions of Dine Mamunas, we need a functioning society. So Chazal said it's a necessary aspect to any society. So that can give credence to a basin, even if they're not smuchin, to act nowadays. That would be number one in regards to getting in Gedushin. So obviously, to have, you know, marital stability and to have a court which can de- deal with family issues, certainly is something which is very, very necessary. And therefore, Chazal have the right to say that there's a din, a dalas in regards to this also, to give credence to the based in. Similarly, conversions. Conversions obviously are necessary. So therefore, comes along the Nasivis and he answers this tremendous difficulty that the Ramban is bothered from. What happened to Giris? The Ramban went so far to say that it was a din the fact that you need a based in. According to the explanation of the Nasivis, it's not true. You could even say the Rabbanon have the ability to determine that this is a need of the Torah, and therefore the Torah gives credence to this type of Basin. That's the Nasivis' approach. To be honest, though, the Nasivis ends off saying that, this is what I would say, unfortunately, the Rabbanon says not like me. The Rabbanon says that the Basin is only did the Rabbanon when it comes to Geras, and therefore he kind of folds his cards and says that even though this is how I would like to learn the Sugya, I'm not able to, in light of the Ramban, saying that it's not an option. So, at the end of the day, we have four different approaches here. Again, let's make a summary of what Sikha Sayyid means. According to the Tisvis explained by the Lavush, it means that we're acting as enforcers of halachas which are already established. According to the Ran and the Ksam Sofer, it's an assumed allowance to act as a basin, even though normatively speaking, it would be usher to do so because it's stepping on the covered of the higher authority basins. Number three would be the Ramban, that is a, working through a premise of Hefker based in Hefker. And number four is the Svar of the Nesivas, that Chazal can determine, the Rabbanon can determine when the Torah would say that we will allow this type of basin. Those are our four approaches here in Sikhosai of Kavdinah. Now, that was issue number one that we wanted to address already for starting last week. Issue number two is as follows. The Torah says very, very clearly when it's discussing where we say this concept of Shikho Sayyuk Avdin and where we don't. The Gemara says as follows. When do we say Shikho Sayyuk? That's only in cases of Mamun. But when it comes to Knas, we don't do Shikho Sayyuk. So says the Gemara, when it comes to an ad, a person who's damaged from another person, which is the case of Mamun, there we can implement this concept of Shikhasayu. Ah, so that's the Gemara's question. The Gemara answers no. So the answer is, we agree with you that Anam is Mamun, but the reason we can't adjudicate is because it's not common. Now, the question here is, 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 is tumultuous. I'm saying this is Menaps and Igra. Is it impossible? We know the Rambam, we proved it beyond a shadow of a doubt, that the Rambam learns that Nizke Odom, but Odom Nizke Odom is a Tashlumi Nezek is Knas. Tashlumi Nezek is Knas. Ah! The Mishnah says, Menezek, Menezek is a Knas. And yet, the Gemara, an explicit Gemara, the Tashlumi Nezek, is mamam. How could it be? It's a contradiction. The, the, the Gemara is clear. It's an open Gemara, not like the Rambam. So how could the Rambam take the stance 
that Nizke Adam, Shomin Hezek, is a Knas, in light of the Gemara. This question is a TKO, almost. Now, I want to, in order to answer this question, I want to introduce a concept. I think the concept is true, but let's speak it out in Svara, and then we'll break it down. This is as follows. What makes a kanas a kanas? What's unique? What are the unique aspects of the kanas? So, one aspect of a kanas, we saw already Rashi, that kanas means you're paying more than you damaged. Meaning to say, you're not compensating. It's a payment. The nature of the payment is as such as that the money going from the assailant to the victim isn't money which is compensatory. It's not tit for tat. It's a money which is a fine, even if it's not tit for tat. Nonetheless, you're giving money. It's transfer of money. So the what? What am I paying? I can either pay compensation, mamun, or what am I paying? I can pay a fine. Money which isn't directly linked to the degree of damages that were incurred through my actions. That's one aspect. Now I want to claim there's a second aspect which defines something as a knas. That second aspect is as follows. You know, there's a din called Mitzi Shemra. A person gets married, a gets married to sorrow, and ruling comes out the night, the, the day after, the morning after the wedding, and he says, I was with sorrow, and I think she wasn't a virgin, she wasn't a basula. Now, they take it to court, and really, they find to Aden, they found the sheet. She was a virgin, she was a basula, he was lying. There, the din is, he's called a Metzi Shemra. The halacha is, says in the Chumash already, that a Metzi Shemra has to pay hundreds of A hundred, it's a fine, a knas. Now, when is he chayiv that hundred zuz to Sorrow, Sorrow's father? When's he chayiv to it? When's he chayiv to pay it? He's chayiv to pay it when based in Paskins it. When based in Paskins that he's he's found to be guilty, so then that's when he's liable to pay. This principle is Mavora from Rashi, Tesvis, Rabbi Gvaeger speaks it out clearly at Marcos and Dathe, that the principle, the understanding of what a class is is that the psak of Bastin is what's creating the liability, the financial liability. So, the practical nafkamina would be, is that if someone comes ahead and takes your notebook and rips it, rips it up, so what creates the financial liability? What creates the financial liability is the action, the, the, act, the destructive act. Whereas when it comes to Kanasis, even if he claims that she wasn't a virgin. And in regards to Shemaim, that we know he's a liar. He's lying. Right now he's lying. On the clock he's lying. Nonetheless, he's not chayiv to pay the money yet. He's not chayiv the hundred zuz. He only becomes liable when based in Paskins, so pay it up. So even if Aiden were to come in and say, we know what, we were there, we work in the hotel, and we found that the sheets were proof that she was actually a virgin, and he was lying, but before based in Paskin, Yerchayev, he drops dead, he's exempt, he doesn't have to pay the money. His inheritors don't have to pay the money either. But if 
Beastin would come along and say, Yechayev, pay a hundred. And then he would drop dead because of the, the excitement of the situation. And a heart attack. So then, even though he's dead, his inheritance would have to pay because there's already financial liability created through the Psaka Beastin. So that aspect we're going to call the when. When am I Chayev? So I want to claim that there's an aspect when it comes to Nizke Adam Ba'adam. So I want to claim that there's a duality here. There's a duality. What do I mean? That in regards to what I'm paying, what I'm paying is arbitrary. It's a kanas. Why? Because that svarah of Ben Churin Nesli Domin, a human being is priceless. That svarah is across the board. You can never pay for a human being. It's priceless, obviously. If that's true, what am I paying? I'm paying a kanas. I'm not paying compensation. There's no compensation, which is viable. But, when is my financial liability brought into existence? To there I want to claim that this case, other Ba'adam is different. Even though, normatively speaking, when it comes to Knossos, based on as to Pask in the Knoss, they have to say Yechayev. And that's the only time where I become financially liable to the victim. Here, by Nizkei Adam, it's different. Nizkei Adam, the actual Maisa Hezek, the damages are going to be what causes my financial liability. Aye, how do I know how much to pay? That basin will reveal to me afterwards. That basin will reveal to me afterwards when you stand in court. The practical difference being that Ruvain can attack Shimon and hurt Shimon in a way that he's going to be crippled the rest of his life. Afterwards, Ruvain drops dead. But now, even though Ruvain drops dead, if Basin comes along and assesses the value of the damages that he did to Shimon, Ruvain's descendants, his inheritors, are going to have to pay Shimon's money. They're going to have to pay Shimon's money because his financial liability was created already at the time that the damages were incurred. So the what and the when. That being said, I want to claim as follows... That when the Gemara says that Nizke Odom Ba'odom is Mamona, what's it mean it's Mamona? It means Mamona in the fact that the Maisehezek, the damages that you did to the other person, is what's creating the financial liability. That's the Chiv. The Chiv is because you did the Maisehezek. It's not Knas in the, in, the, in the aspect that you need Basin to create the Chiv. Basin doesn't have to create the Chiv. The Chiv is created by your actions. That's Mamona. So now the Gemara is Gavaldic. It makes so much sense. What's the limitation of Beistin and Bavel? Beistin and Bavel can't create Knas. They can't make you pay Kefal. They can't make you pay Dalar Vehei. Why not? Because Kefal, Dalar Vehei, Knas, Beistin's creating the Choyv. Beistin and Bavel, so that's smoking. They can't create a Choyv. They don't have the jurisdiction to do that. But, ah, a base, uh, it's Maman. Your action is what's creating the financial liability? You did it? That's Mamayna. That's Nizkei Adam Ba'adam. So the Rambam can read the Gemara the saying Nizkei Adam Ba'adam is Mamun because it's saying when are you liable? When are you liable? When you attacked it. But what am I paying? There the Rambam says you're paying Kanas. The nature of the payment, what you're paying, that's Kanas. When are you Chayim? That's like Mamun. That comes based off your Maisa Hezek. So that would be how the Rambam reads the Gemara. Asheh the feet volume of Based off of this, we can answer up a different answer for the Gemara and Daftal Adam We asked previously that the Gemara and Daftal Adam brings a price of Rav Eishio. Rav Eishio says that Tashlomi Nezek, Tsar, Ripui, Sheves, Poishis are all 
Mamon, as opposed to the Brayser of Chia, that brought Chavdal in this case, uh, so the difference was because in Ushia's Brayser was only talking about things which are Mamon. What's it mean they were Mamon? It means that the actions themselves created the Chiv. Avada, even Rabbi agrees that Tashlume Nezek is Knas, like the Rambam. But he only mentioned things which the Maisa itself created the financial obligation. Rabbi brought other cases, other circumstances, Edom Zoyimimim, Unisimafata, Mutsi Shemra, Kefil, Galad Vehei, where the, the actual Chiv was created through the Psak of Bastin. But Rabbi didn't bring those types of Nezikin. That's not Avnezik. And Avnezik is only something which your action itself creates financial liability. What's that? Nezikin Odo. Nezik, Tsar, Ripui, Shavis, Boishis. There, your actions are what created the Chiv. Avanda, what are you paying though? What I'm paying is Knas. That's super Geschmack. That would answer up for the Rambam how we read the Gemara by us. And that answers up how the Rambam learned the Gemara on Daftal and We don't have to make it how we said before that it was Machloikis, whether or not you learned, you sourced the din of Tashlomi Nezik in the Gzera Shava Makamaka or Litikhu Kaifer. Now we can say that irrelevant in how you learn the source. Lukuli Alma, the what you're paying is Kanas, but the one you're paying is, is compa- comparable to Mamun, meaning to say you don't need base in Tapaskana, you're liable. So now, now the Svara makes sense. We have proofs how to read the Gemara. Everything is beautiful. But where do we see it in the Rishayim? Let's, let's see it explicit. Comes along Tesis. This is Amish says, Says Says Tesis, you're connecting Knas and Mavil? Knas? Says Tesis, Navdavka Knas. It doesn't really mean Knas. And the Mishum Galespe Chesim Kis Kere Knas. But rather, since there's no Chesim and Kis, that's why they called it Knas. What's, com- what's Tesis coming to do? This is bothered. The Papa collected Boshes. He collected Boshes. Now, what's Boshes? Boshes is one of the Chamisha Dvorim. You have to pay for this. Comes along Tissus and says that Boshes is Davdafka Knas. Why is it called a Knas? Because there's a lack of Chesem Kis. There's no monetary loss. Meaning to say, Tissus is coming and saying, You didn't lose any money and you're paying. That's why it's called Knas. But why is it Lavdavka Knas? Why is it Lavdavka Knas? Then he doesn't tell us. The explanation is Pashat Lefidvareinu. The explanation is it's not Knas because Bastin is not a Paskin, you're Chayiv. Bastin is not a Paskin, you're Chayiv. What makes you Chayiv? The fact that you hurt this person. The Maise has it creates the Chayiv Boshes. Aye, so how can it be called a Knas? It's Mamun because your Maisa Hezek did it, not the Psaka Bastin. The answer is because there's no Chisar Kiss. The answer is because the nature of the payment is arbitrary. The nature of the payment is arbitrary, so then the, the Gemara can call that Knas. This Mamish, a source in the Rishonim, where we see this distinction between what am I paying, the nature of the payment itself, and when did that Chiv come into existence? Mamish Kishmak. Now, we have an issue. Because even though we saved the Rambam, we're going to come into a problem with the rush. Last week we said that when it comes to the payment of the rush, the reason why you can't make a tfisa right away is because there's no monetary liability right away. The only time that becomes monetary liability, a real mamanis chayv, is after a tfisa. But according to us right now, we're saying the monetary liability comes into existence immediately. Why? That's the whole aspect of Knossos, that's Mamun, this dichotomy, that you come obligated right away. If you become obligated right away, 
So then even according to the Rush, who learns that Tashlumi Nezik is a knas, you should be able to make a Tvisa right away. How come... I'm sorry, you should be able to make a Shuma right away. Beeson should be able to make a Shuma right away in as much as already financial liability. How come Beeson has to wait till there's a Tvisa? This, this question is going to have to make us... Right? We're going to have to alter our opinion. We're still going to have it that Rashi is learning that Tfisa is Mamun. That, that, I'm sorry, that Nezik is Mamun. And according to the Rush, Nezik is Knas. But after that, we're going to have to break it down differently. Now, in order to break it down differently, I brought you here Yamshel Shleima. Now, first of all, this Yamshel Shleima is a Metziah. Mamash a Metziah. Because the Yamshel Shleima says explicitly that Nizkei Tashlumei Nezek, according to Rashi, is Mamun. It's not Knas. So this whole pshat that we said in Rashi on the Mishnah, back on Pegimalam Abayis, that Rashi learns that it's a payment of Mamun, and that it's returning the, the Yad, the aspect, the Bechinas Mamun of the Yad that you took, that already we have now affirmed in the, in the, in the early, early Achreinim, the Yem Shashlema, that, that says that the payment of Nezek, according to Rashi, is Mamun. We never had that explicit. We only had Diyukim and Rashi to prove this. We had Diyuk after Diyuk. That's fine. But the Maisa, we never saw anyone that said it explicit. Here we found the Yam Shoshleim that says explicitly that Tashlumi Nezik in Rashi is Maman. That's number one. Number two comes along the Yam Shoshleim and says as follows. That Bastin cannot get involved in Knossos. They can't. Nowadays, Bavel, Natsmuchin, Bastin's a non-entity. Beistin can only get involved in Mammon. If, if it's Mammon, it's a case of Mammon, so Beistin can get involved. So, comes along the Yem Shasleim and says, so what's Pshat and Rashi? First there's a Maitha Hezek, then there's a Shuma, then there's Tvisa. So it says the Yem Shasleim as follows. That according to Rashi, there's already, there's what? According to Rashi, right away, the Maitha Hezek creates financial liability. There's a Chi of Mammon. Inasmuch as there's a Chi of Mammon, so, comes along the Yem Shasleim and says that if there's a Chiv Mammon, so then we know that this guy is going to make a Tvisa. He's going to make sure that he gets his money in any way that he can. So inasmuch as we know that he's going to make a Tvisa, we'll view it like he was Tvisa already, and therefore let's appraise how much liability there is. Beastin's allowed to get, stick their nose into the business because there's a Chiv Mammon which exists. The, the chiv itself is a chiv of mammon. Now that that's true, they adjudicate, they assess how much he can grab, and now he goes and makes a tvisa. That's Shittas Rashi. But according to the Rosh, what's he chayiv? I'm going to claim as follows. According to what we're saying, he's chayiv right away. He's chayiv right away. Why? Because when it comes to Nezik and Hizkei Odom, what's the chayiv? The Mechayev is the Maisa Hezek itself. We don't need based in to create the Chayev. But what, what are you Chayev? You're Chayev a Kanas. So immediately you're Chayev a Kanas. That's what's happening in the world of the Rush. Now, if it's Kanas, Beistin's hands are tied. They can't adjudicate it. They paste it and Bubble doesn't get involved in Knossos. Comes along the Yom Shashleim and says, that's why you need Tvisa. Because what happens now? Ruvain chopped off Shimon's arm. Now, what is according to the Rush, Ruvain's Chayev automatically a knas, a payment to Shimon. The only problem is that Basin can't get involved. It's Knossos. So what does Shimon do? Shimon went and took Ruvain's Rolex. 
He took his Rolex. Come says the Yom Shlema. Now that Shimon took Ruvain's Rolex, so now we have to determine: Can he keep the Rolex? How do we know whether or not he can keep the Rolex? We can determine whether or not he can keep the Rolex by assessing how much the the damages were, were worth. How much did he really hurt him? How much is he chayiv? So the fact that there was a tfisa of Shimon, of the victim, to the assailant's property, that's what's allowing Basin to entertain the case in the first place. Meaning to say as follows. Basin, even, even in Bovel, has the technical capacity to adjudicate Knossos. They can go ahead, they'll go to the slave market. How much is he worth now? How much is he worth then? They're not, they're not, they weren't silly, right? There was still a slave market. They were able to do it. They knew, they knew basic math. So what was the limitation? Why did they do it? It was a limitation in, in Basin's jurisdiction. We don't get involved in Knossos. But if we can go ahead and make this a case through a technicality, we can make this a case of mumum. And therefore allow Basin to, 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 to down on it. To, to give the two cents. To make a halakhic ruling. So now, through the technicality, let's do that. So Basin comes along, Shimon comes along, Tvisa, he took Ruvain's property. Ah, oh, you took Ruvain's property? We have to say, can you keep that or not? Comes along Basin, so let's evaluate how much was a Nezek. That would be an explanation of the rush why the Tvisa has to precede the Shuma. Because Basin only gets involved once it becomes a case of Mamun. Because Basin in Bavil has a limited jurisdiction. That's Kishmak. Now, let's take it one, the, 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 one step further. Why is the victim allowed to be typhus? Why is the victim allowed to be typhus? The answer is because he's chayiv maknas. But let me ask you a question: How could it be that you're chayiv maknas? Can you be chayiv money which is not collectible? How could you be chayiv money which is not collectible? Question number one. Question number two. At the end of the day, the Gemara says you need two conditions. Condition number one, in order to say like we spoke about before, what are the two conditions? Number one, it has to be that there's a kiss. There has to be a loss of money. Let's ask a question. That first condition, is that viable according to the Rambam? The Rambam who says that the whole nature of the payment is class because a person's price this. How could the Gemara say you're only able to say in a circumstance where there's a kiss? Definitionally, the fact that you're paying a kanas, what you're paying is kanas. What I'm paying is kanas. How could it be that there's also a kiss? Contradiction, stira. So the answer, I think, is as follows. I thought that the Rambam agrees that when a person chops his hand off, they chop someone else's hand off, yeah? There's a financial loss. Just, the question is, how much was that loss? The answer is, that loss was priceless. So really, how much are you liable to pay? How much is the assailant chayv to the victim? The answer is, every single penny that he has. He has to give him the car and the house and every single shirt that he has, everything he has to give to the to the victim, and therefore, in a in a ekronit, in the purest sense of the word, the victim can come and take everything. So make it to me, say, yeah, because you chayiv it to me. It's just after Beeson assesses it, so now the payment deal is a kanas because why? Because it's not compensation. It's not. You're not getting paid for the financial loss that was incurred. The financial loss you incurred is beyond the price tag. There was a financial loss, but we can't give a price to it. So the payment's a knas.
But the Vata, there's a chesed kiss. The fact that you have a, a, an invaluable loss is what allows for the tfisa of the victim. Comes along the victim, makes a tfisa. So now what happens? Based and determines how much he can keep. I'm going to read to you the Russian of the Rambam. The Rush, I'm sorry. Let's read the Russian side. What did the Rush say in seven days? He says, if he grabbed it already, meaning to say as follows, that which I said that you make an appraisal is what? Of the, of the damages? Is for one purpose. If he made a tfisa already, the victim sees the property of the assailant. He'll know how much to give back. You'll know how much to give back. It's not an assessment of how much he's able to keep. It's not an assessment of how much is coming to him. It's not an assessment of the severity of the damages. It's that you took money. That money you had the right to take. But now, let's determine what the, what, what on a, on a, on a knas level. Once we're going now to the assessment of the Mishnah, Pegimulam Adbeiz, of how come the now, how much do you have to give back? How much are you able to hold on to? That's the whole discussion of Tfisa. So that would be a new explanation to the Machlikas, Rashi, and the Rush. That according to Rashi, the Hezek creates automatic monetary liability because Nizke Adam is Mamun. Therefore, make a Shuma right away because the Tfisa is on the way, on the, on the way and therefore, preempt the Maisa Tfisa by saying, how much do you have to pay? The Rush holds that Nizke Adam is Knas. So when it's Knaas, Basin doesn't have a right to make a Shuma, they can't get involved. The Tfisa, the property, which the victim's allowed to do because he received damages which have no value, they're so high, you can't, there's, no, there's no price tag can give on it, he seizes everything. Now that he seized it, Basin can determine what's a proper seizure for these given damages, because the seizure itself, the money, the property that he seized, becomes a case of Mamun. And now that it became a case of Mamun, Basin gets involved to know how much he has to return. That would be using this dichotomy that we created in the world of Knossos, that would go ahead and explain Shitas Rashi and the Rush. Now, this being said, I want to read to you in the Gemara. The Gemara, the next line of the Gemara, goes ahead when it calls Nizke Adam Ameyna. It gets to the case of Rapapa. Rapapa collected Beishas and Begam, collected 400 zuz for Beishas. There, the Gemara says, You're collecting Knossos and Bavil? How could you be collecting Knossos and Bavil? What's that kasha? So, they, what? He didn't agree with him? What's the, what's the difficulty here? Meaning to say that the Gemara just got through saying that this guy, Adam, is Mammon. Comes along, Rechistan wakes up. It's not true. It's Knossos. They weren't speaking to each other? They go, they, why, didn't, why didn't the puppet ask on the Gemara before? Like you said, in this case, Adam is Mammon, it's not true, it's Knossos. Asher Lidvarina, we can answer that no. Avada, when it came to the Gemara before, the Gemara was talking about a limitation of Beistin to create, to create Chiyuvim. Beistin can't create Chiyuvim through the Psak. That was the din of Niske Adam being Mammon. Because when it comes to Niske Adam, Beistin's not creating the Chiyuv through the Psak. The Chiyuv is coming about through the Maisa Hezek itself. That's not dependent on Beistin. Comes along with Papa and says, Aye, we're not creating the Chiyuv, so let me 
create a chiyav for Boshes. I'm going to go ahead and be mechayev someone for Boshes. Why? Because the chiyav moment comes about right away. Ah, so what is he paying? He's paying knas. But if I, if Papa, my beast is not creating the monetary liability that's coming about through his Maisa Hezek, that I'm allowed to paskin. That I'm allowed to do. I'm not limited there. To that comes along, Rav Chistin says, no, it's not true. Even though you're not creating the Chiyav Mammon, your Psaq's not what's bringing about the financial liability, inasmuch as that what you're collecting is Knas, Boshes isn't a financial loss, Boshes is a Yosemi Masha Hizik, Therefore, comes along, Rechistin says, that you can't collect. That's the second aspect of Knossos. And it comes along Rechistin to be Mechadish, to create this novel idea that even that other aspect of Knas, based in and Bavil, is limited on. So here I think we've proven that, you know, through the Gemara, through, right now we have three different Mukuris in the Gemara itself. Number one, the Bracer of Asia, how that fits with the Rambam. Number two, the fact that the Gemara says, Nizke Odom is Mamina. And number three, this discourse between Rav Papa and Rav Chista. Either Rav Papa just forgot the din, or Rav Papa had a swara here. There was a logical assumption that Rav Papa was making. That I'm not creating the, 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 the chi of moment through my psaq, so I can don it. So those three makoras would be a raya already to this duality, this, these two aspects of kenosis, the what I'm paying and the when am I chayiv. This is another Makor for it, and this is already Mukhrach and the Rambam. Based off this, we ended up saying a new Pshat in the, in the Rosh, and the, the Machlikas Rosh and Rashi, is that Avanda, the only time Beitin intervenes is when it's Momen, and the Tvisa, according to the Rosh, is what's making it Momen. Amir Hashem. We're entering Bein Azmanim now, so it's going to be a few weeks, Mustama, until the next year. The next year, I have a suffix whether or not we're going to continue in this Gemara. We're going to pick up already in Sar, because there are a few more things to discuss here. Um, but we'll see how time tells when we get closer to when we continue. So, Mutual Shema, we should have a Kosher Zisa Pesach. It should be Zeichet to feel the Chirus, the Chayev Odom, the Yerus Atzmei Kilu Yotzem in Mitzrayim, to leave all the Mitzorim, to leave everything. All the tsaras, all the hardship that we've been suffering this year as a nation, as an individual, and be mamish to, to taste chayrus, to feel what it likes to be a free Jew. We know a person's only free when he goes ahead and involves himself with Lima Torah. And Yitzhak Shemesh, we continue learning together with Siyat in a few weeks.